It is time to tune up the band and... I don't even know what it's called. What is it called? Sweet Chinwag? Can they afford to pay me to be on the podcast? I don't know! Welcome, you did everyone. too well. <laughs> I you would did go that on. too well. I would go on, but I'm going to savor that for, for later. <laughs> Welcome to another Sweet Chinwag, everyone. I'm Sam. Joined as ever by Reardon and Dan. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> I'm here to I just, shock you know, the world. God, you know, it's it's these moments that I realise this is this is how I spend some of my last days on Earth doing this with you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's the best way to go out in a blaze of Lex Luger glory. Uh, we are giving you this podcast free of charge. Thank you to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, pending other platforms. Pending the- trademark. <laughs> we won't be ignored, other podcasts. We shall never be ignored. <laughs> I beg of them, please. Uh, <laughs> and of course, yes, with if you heard from last week and the way we uploaded, we are now uploading on Mondays. And that's the last time I'm going to bring it up because, you know, we need to let people know that we've now moved to a new day, new time, three hours long. No, 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 no. Yes, it is. <laughs> We added the extra hour because we think people need more. More. No, no. Two hours is more than enough, people. We know this. It's a shame that other people in the wrestling business don't know this. Three hours is punishing. Four hours is... Shoot me. Shoot me. <laughs> eight hours is a full day. Why? Why a WrestleMania that's eight hours long? Anyway, I'm going right off track. We need to get right back. Yeah. Because before we go on to this week's or this episode of Best Worst Promos, we need to hop on over to visit Dan, who's there, with this week's Wrestling News. Wrestling News. Booyah. Uh, so yeah, we'll just start uh, start off with a recap over the week. We'll start with Raw, and uh, I mean, average, I guess. What does average raw mean anymore? Uh, probably about a four slash five out of ten. Normally, there's like one good thing, one bad thing, and the rest is kind of like eh. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like there was there was some good there were some good bits. Um, obviously, Alistair Black versus Murphy, mm. they're fantastic in ring and they work so well together. There also was the Seth Rollins Kevin Owens match, which was a bit weird and a little bit overbooked. But I get what they were trying to achieve with it. Yeah. Um, by having the free of uh, Alistair Black, um, Dominic, and Rey Mysterio all on the outside, uh, while they were having the match and like interfering and stuff. <laughs> um, but I mean that was there. But then there was also the uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks versus the Kabuki Warriors match, which kind of did nothing to achieve anything. It's kind of shocking how long Bailey and Sasha Banks have been a tag team. I think it's. I think for most fans, it's kind of become abundantly clear what's going to happen. So, unless the creative have like actually been paying attention to what fans are saying and want to pull a swerve. Mm. then I can mm. increasingly see uh, 
what might be happening and it probably being what most people are saying where it's going to be like oh they're going into the match and then Bailey's going to cost Banks the title yeah. I mean that would yeah but the longer it goes on the more I'm like are they being skittish do they have literally nothing for these two like what what is I mean, going on I, there? I don't know but I'm getting I'm getting the sense and a lot of people in the IWC are basically think they're just going to do an imploding tag team storyline yeah. Um, Which is and then in, in, fine. I, like, I don't mind that. I just oh, like... Oh, no, it can work. But I'm just like, surely this should have imploded by now. Like, we're, like when is SummerSlam supposedly meant to be? No, I have no idea. Yeah. August? Yeah, I think August. so, but... Um, yeah, there was all of that. But in the same vein, there was... Uh, the weird confrontation between... I'm just going to say this now. I don't know whether or not I entirely get them giving Ric Flair to Randy Orton, because it's not like he needs to be legitimized as a heel, because he's Randy Orton. I mean, yeah, they need uh... to build up a future star, and what better way to do that than to give him <laughs> give him Ric Flair as the manager? Wait, what? It's just... What? <laughs> I... I, I get the feeling I know what they're trying to do, and I think it's just to give him another mouthpiece... But again, he's Randy Orton, probably one of the best career heels in WWE right now. I don't know whether or not he needs him, but people seem to like it. Um, I will also just say this. Now, given the match, I mean, I don't even know if it technically counts as a match, but it was against R-Truth. Shouldn't Randy Orton be 24-7 champion right now? Uh, oh, crumbs. Mm. He should be. <laughs> but he didn't get the title. <laughs> But he pinned our truth with a referee present. Oh crap! That's... Oh no! Yeah, you got the that's mother, which shows you, which shows you exactly yeah. how much how much WWE cares about the twenty four seven title. Not that they ever cared oh, much man. about it in the first place. To be ah oh, man, the twenty four seven championship at one point looked at was entertaining because it was like we have nothing for you guys. Do whatever you please, and they did. Look, Good lord! If they, did they, if they so. keep it as a comedy thing, and they, like, let people like R-Truth just have their fun with it, fine. But then people like Riddick Moss came along and were like, I want to defend this in a match. Oh, yeah. So... Oh, yeah, I remember that. It kind of killed the mystique of it and the fun of it. Oh. But, hey, they had that. But then we got to NXT. E. And, uh... I'm pretty... Pretty good showing um the tegan knox io shirai match was pretty good mm -hmm. if a little bit confusing with the finish mm -hmm. um but still fantastic see tegan knox getting a a chance to uh prove herself at those higher levels and she worked uh, pretty well with io shirai as well so i'm mm -hmm. really happy to see more from the two of them mm. um as i said probably one of the better matches and the best performers out of nxt uh at least on this show was timothy thatcher in his match against denzel denzel de Oh. Um, in a <laughs> solid, solid technical uh, catch style match, but it really showed all the things that he's great at, um, and exactly why um, he is so well regarded with just his style and his approach. And I'd love to see him get put further up into the card and be looking at title picture because I think he's got a very unique style to him that no one else really has. And as we've said, WWE's kind of looking for a very strong technical performer right now. 
Mm. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to yeah, future they can fight do it. And uh, as we were saying before this uh, started rolling, um, we very to see if he could be built in the in the liking of a Zack Sabre Jr., where he basically has lots of different holds that he could use to win a match at any time. It builds legitimacy and it really gives it a different feeling. I, I would feel better if they didn't give him a solid fixed fi- finisher. Mm. Actually, just talking, to build the mystique. Talking of Timothy Thatcher, something's just come into my mind that made me realize that guy's hard as nails. Did you ever see a clip of him facing Volta? I think it was a progress match. Yes, it was a progress match where he goes to block one of his chops and then rather than blocking, he's blocking his chest. So Volta goes, ah, oh, screw you, and then chops his forehead. Oof. Never seen that, but that sounds intense. <laughs> and those two had it. those two are just intense as anything. So if anyone's not sold on the intensity of Timothy Thatcher, that moment alone should sell you. On how, on how... I think the only thing you need to see is go back, watch that match against Denzel Dejanet, and then just see his face. Yes. He looks like he's ready to pull his leg off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we had the Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic uh, title match. Um, I'll be honest, not the best showing from these two. Not their best um, match, but a solid main event, no doubt. Oh, solid, solid main event. Just definitely not the best match between the two. Um, I know I've seen some people leaning criticism on uh, saying that they kind of just become uh, two big guys who do big spots and no storytelling. Um but, you know, I think they both be solid performers and they could really build something if given the opportunity. Mm. Um, and they, they, they made they made quite a lot out of the match. Yes. Mm. Indeed. And, and and the build-up with the opening promo uh, as well and, yeah. and him calling out Dijakovic and the ending, actually, to that as well with Dijakovic being in the back and Karrion Cross making his intentions known. He's coming after him. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, you're building up the uh, building up the carrying cross feud, which we're very happy about and lovely to see uh, how those kind of free it seems will interact together in a feud. Mm. Um, the only other quick short thing I want to mention with the uh, NXT is uh, the booking w- regarding Robert Stone because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it seems a little bit odd mm. in that he's always. It's never him going after anything. It's something happening and then him being like, hmm, I guess I have to do something now. I don't know whether or not it's because they don't have anything really in line for him. Mm. Um, But I like the concept of it and I really would like to see what they can do of it. And when the guy is left to his devices to do these kinds of things, he does come out with some really good stuff. Mm. Mm. It's, it's, it's It's a far cry from uh from what robbie e once was but i'm liking uh this new evolution of of, of his character and robert stone um yeah. i'm i'm excited to see where it goes it's nice to see a really good comedy manager for what seems like it's been such a such a long time that we haven't had like a, a straight up comedy manager so i'm great it's it's nice I mean, to see i mean like valets and managers are almost a dying breed frankly mm. Yeah, they, they, they've definitely seen a slight revival. I mean, I'm looking at very, very slight things. I mean, basically, the only one most people will be able to think of right now is Zelina Vega. Mm-hmm. 
But to be said, I think with Zelina Vega, I think the opposite is true. We should be seeing more of her in-ring skills. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, she's an actual, like, in-ring, well, sometimes. <laughs> but, like, she actually wrestles. Mm. That's Yeah. Most of the most of the managers are just straight up wrestlers who just happen to be doing the managerial stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I it, it, it I mean, like I said, it is kind of does feel like a, a kind of dying breed. Mm. Um, probably Which because Vince doesn't like transporting more than one person around. That's true, and yet he has basically every wrestler in the world, and is trying to consume all of them like Galactus. <laughs> yeah. So, so who? I I think there's a bit of a um, contradiction there, but you, your your point still stands, Dan. <laughs> but then we come to SmackDown. Um, I mean, to be fair, the best thing for me out of SmackDown was the Bray Wyatt promo. Just let the man do what he wants to do let him just kind of run with free reign and what he wants to do with this Braun Strowman feud. It's working for me. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he everything he's doing is, I would say, pretty consistently good. Um, and kind of in comparison to a lot of things right now, he's actually doing really solid work to actually build up the legitimacy of the match. Yes. Um which is kind of undermined by Braun Strowman just going and being in squash matches all the time. And like I said, I'm pretty convinced that uh, WWE creative have basically abandoned the, uh, what as many term the blue universal title. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It does feel very much abandoned, doesn't it? Like, we would like, like, and Braun isn't like a bad choice to be champion. Hmm. No, not at all. But I mean, but they, they basically just booked him in a squash match against John Morrison. So yeah, it, it confuses I me, especially guess. especially in this this oh, I guess you want to call it era, this pandemic era. They really have all but ignored the Universal Championship. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um. As I said to Sam before this started, uh, we have the lovely case of I'm pretty sure Bailey has forgotten what her finisher is and just thinks it's a roll-up now. <laughs> uh, add it to the counter. Um, but another roll-up finish in a match involving Sasha Banks and Bailey with Asuka. <laughs> Nikki Cross was there too. She did a really good spot doing the Tornado DDT off the announce table. Mm. Um, give me more Nikki Cross. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Fantastic although, performer. She is fantastic, although I, I'm, I will be that guy who misses um, crazy Nikki Cross. I will be that guy. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Just like it. It bugs me. It bugged me then. It bugs me now. I just, I, I get it. I get why. But it bugs me, and I want her to do crazy. But that's fine. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we had the new day versus no, uh, no Big E versus Cesaro uh, to decide who set the stipulation for their match at uh, the horror show at Extreme Rules, <laughs> oh, as God, it's now formally being it. called. Oh God! Stop calling it the horror show, uh, which is now set that's, up I'm for. Sorry. Uh, the New Day versus Nakamura and Cesaro in a tables match. 
So, yeah, I guess. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. Every time they mention it, the horror show, I'm like, that is just the most Chekhov's gun name I have ever <laughs> heard in my life. All right. Well, now it, it's now the horror show at Extreme Rules, when it was previously Extreme Rules, the horror show. So, wait, is the new... So, yeah, does that mean that the new pay-per-view is the horror show? I have no idea. Because the horror show at Extreme Rules implies that it's like the pay-per-view is the horror show in, I don't know, Extreme Rules Colorado or somewhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> live at the Extreme Rules at this Stadium. Rate, they should just, at this rate, they should have just called it Halloween Havoc and then just fully not acknowledge the fact it was in July. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've done it before. I could have sworn they've done something like that before. Oh, they probably did. They probably have. Um, but I mean, yeah, I guess that's decided. Um, the The main event of the night was the IC title match: AJ Styles versus Matt Riddle. One with a roll up, add it to the counter. Oh, um, man, that's that's um that's unacceptable. I mean, AJ to be Styles fair, to be Matt fair, Riddle. in 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 the context of the match, it was basically just like Matt Riddle having decent momentum, and then AJ just being like the champion and getting like a last minute sneak win just to preserve his title. As far as I know, they're not on the card for Extreme Rules. Hmm. So, I don't know what that's really going to mean, but I assume it'll probably be like a SummerSlam thing. Huh. Yeah, Interesting. that would make some sense. Uh, but, I mean, other news as well, we had the return to screen of Shayna Baszler. Um, hey. Big hey. to see, especially after supposedly Vince said that he had nothing in mind for her and had lost his momentum on her. But, she appeared and I mean, it's good to see that she's at least getting used in some some way. Uh, Gallows and Anderson have now gone to Impact, and they now have a working group between Impact and New Japan to be working both shows, including New Japan Tours. Which is um, great. Oh, oh uh, speaking of Impact, sorry. Yeah, uh, speaking of Impact, Dan, um, I did watch the video that you sent me before we uh, started to record. Oh, yeah, the uh, uh, EC3. Yeah, the EC3 promo. Mm. And EC3 is uncomfortably ripped right now. <laughs> he is. It he is, is unbelievable. Just... What? What? Like, he looks like he went a little... I think his time in WWE has made him go a little bit loopy. To be fair, I think that's what he's trying to sell. <laughs> yes. Oh, and it's working because he seems. Oh to no, be... I'm like I'm like invested because obviously he was there talking about oh um, July eighteenth, um, mm. and so presuming he'll appear at um, Slamiversary, but none of the stuff he's promoted has said anything about appearing at Slamiversary. He's yeah. just kept saying July eighteenth. So. We don't even know. Mm. We shall see. I'm really looking forward to Slammiversary, actually, now. I just want to know who this mystery guy is. <laughs> now, I don't know if I have any great investment in anything else. Now, the original plan I heard was it was going to be Mir uh, Miro or Rusev. That's um, why I'd heard. But unfortunately, of course, as we know, like Rusev has unfortunately contracted uh, COVID-19. 
Um, yeah. And the poor guy has had to pull out and is now, you know, getting treatment and isolating for that. It's just a shame. It happened. It's just it's it's a massive shame that happens to such a nice guy as yeah. me. Oh, oh, you've been watching his streams as well. He's th- probably one of the loveliest people in wrestling. Oh, moment. no, he is. I'm sorry. Real quick. Like, speaking of mysteries, have we found out who that damn hacker is in the WWE yet? Oh, no, they could watch whoa, that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're thinking, you're thinking that they've even addressed that? Oh, no, they completely uh, watched uh, it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, you saying that does does uh, bring up a story I'm going to mention in a moment, but uh, just quickly to go back to Gallows and Addison Impact and their agreement with New Japan, mm-hmm. uh, they did express regret around not joining AEW. They were slated to um, appear pretty much the next day after this after the signing before triple h intervened and uh basically gave them an offer that they couldn't really turn down mm. um but there has been some uh heat between them uh regarding an agreement that they made with paul Heyman, mm. uh, and that paul Heyman was actually the one who slated their release they were never actually in vince mcmahon's plans uh, and they were never actually informed of it. Um, it took AJ Styles um, talking to Vince directly to find that out. Uh, apparently, they had an agreement with Paul that, uh, like, if if Paul ever lied to them, that they could quote bury the shit out of him, uh, which mm-hmm. seems to be the case now, and uh, mm-hmm. it's caused a lot of friction. <laughs> I can't say that I blame the pair of them, if I'm honest. Nah, I'm like, especially, hey, you were warned to get back to EC3, but like, no, seriously, <laughs> like, that's, that's just terrible, man. Mm. Yeah, no, you mentioning EC3, I was just going to briefly say the vignettes and the stuff he's been putting out. I have to say, I'm amazed at how good the quality of the stuff that he's putting out is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that you know one thing that actually kind of really worked with the promo that you you sent me, which was um ah oh, I can't remember what it's called uh, narrative. Control your narrative. Yeah, I think it's the fact that it was like in the ring, like properly close up in the ring. Yeah, which I realized that I I hadn't I haven't seen apart from like the movie The Wrestler. Mm. Yep. Which made it very intense and rather scary. Rather scary. You, the, the thing, the funny thing about watching wrestling on TV is that you kind like unless you're close up, you kind of forget that these are big guys fling, flinging pe- flinging people around. <laughs> I've always said su- suplexes look fun until you take one. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I remember taking. I took a spear once at school, and um, mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> that's why they always say, "Don't try this at home." And yeah. we never <laughs> listen. <laughs> yeah. Um, other news stories: AEW leaning into using the ratings to gain heat. I'm looking at you, Chris Jericho. Um, mm. it's an interesting one. He's created this new demo god gimmick i don't like it um if anything i think it just kind of further breaks down the concept i mean to be fair the concept of kayfabe is slowly dying anyway but mm-hmm. when you're there and you're outwardly talking about ratings data it doesn't exactly do anything to help you yeah no. it just kind uh, of I'm... makes it feel cheap to me yeah that's fair 
it's cheap heat. And I thought, you know, it's one of the things where you think, wow, in that regard, Chris, Chris is one of those guys that kind of, in a sense, should know better because <laughs> he knows how to generate heat very, very yeah. naturally. So to bring that up, what I felt was a bit, huh, okay, that was weird. I mean, Ew. still, though, we had the rest of uh, Fight for the Fallen. Um couple good matches in there. There was Sunny Kiss versus Cody, so it was fantastic to see Sunny Kiss in the title match. Mm. Um, and just to see that they were felt the confidence in him to really go ahead and do what they wanted to do. It was a little bit overbooked for me. A couple spots that I was just kind of like, okay, you didn't need to do that. Too many kind of finishing move spots that ended up in two counts. I'm not a big fan of that. A Cody match that's overbooked? Say it isn't so. I can I can I love Cody, <laughs> but that is a running gag, I think, with a lot of wrestling fans. It really is. I think I am a big fan of finisher protection <laughs> as a yep. general concept. Yeah, um, and in I'm AEW, good. finisher protection basically only applies to Kenny Omega. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, damn, that's very like, true. He's like the only one that actually properly gets it. I mean, like I guess Cody does as well, but like it's still not really as ever apparent. Um, supposedly, people think AEW might be going for a kind of revitalized Four Horsemen with. Uh, Tolly Blanchard constantly just sitting in the stands and observing matches all the time. I don't know where they're going to go with that. Um, mm. They got something in mind. Uh, we had the start of the heel Kenny Omega turn, and I will be honest, I'm kind of for it at this point. Yes, it seems like he's doing better work in like the one segment that we saw of it than uh, anything else we got before. <laughs> <laughs> Abs- no, absolutely, absolutely. I'm all. I'm. I would be all for that. That's. Uh, I, I like. Whenever I've heard of Kenny Omega, I, I'm not gonna lie. I only know him by reputation and a couple of matches, which were really damn good. But I'm like, how often is he heel? Because it doesn't feel like he is. He was heel for a very, very long time uh, with Bullet Club, actually. Um, uh, well, I was gonna say because he was heel in Japan, but to basically like. Being heel in Japan was just being an American wrestler. Being a guy, Jin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. that was literally it. That was, like, the center point. <laughs> that was what Bullet, Bullet Club was built on, basically. That's the thing. It was literally built on these people aren't from Japan. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it looks like it's great work. I mean, t- in continuing with great work and building people up, Nyla Rose's new manager is Vicky Guerrero, and I am all for it. <laughs> yeah, especially the uh, the dubstep remixed entrance theme as well. I'm all for oh. it because Nyla Rose needs a mouthpiece. <laughs> I'm sorry. And what what better a mouthpiece than Vicky Goddamn Guerrero? I I admit I do kind of when I when Vicky Guerrero kind of came in, I did get um. I did get the please, please don't go TNA, please, don't please. But I think at this point, the funny thing about that is that at that point with like the complaint that TNA just keeps getting WWE wrestlers is kind of moot when WWE keeps taking all of the damn wrestlers. <laughs> well, yeah. it, it, 
kind of recurring thing is that WWE take New Japan and Ring of Honor wrestlers, <laughs> and then mm. when other WWE wrestlers leave, they just go to like Impact or AEW now. <laughs> yeah. All but except like... for Brian Cage, who bucks the trend. <laughs> well, speaking speaking of Brian Cage, I do want to mention him briefly because of Fight for I'm just going to say this: match against Moxley, fantastic booking by AEW to have Taz throw in the towel for him. Yeah, it really protects everyone and really does the storyline a great service. Again, a dying art in wrestling right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? But it was it was honestly such good booking from them. Yeah. Mm. Shit. You know what? I never actually considered that a manager could actually throw in the towel. Yeah. Hmm? That makes sense, but I'm like, they could do that the entire time? It basically <laughs> never happens. It, uh, yeah. it happens mm. very rarely, but now they've got Taz with Brian Cage. Um, they also had uh, Arn Anderson do it with Cody. Um, mm. But it... it in, in the context of this match and what it meant, it was actually a really, really good booking decision because it really shows everyone else is actually being genuinely strong, especially because they show that uh, Moxley can't hit his finisher. Mm. So he's kind of having to switch to being technical, um, you know, directly going after the arm and the bicep rather than trying to just hit his finisher and yeah. just make a big spot out of it. So it was actually really, really good work from them. But I will say one one criticism I have seen floating around is that uh, Brian Cage feels secondary, and it's just a feud between Taz and Moxley. <laughs> and mm. I feel a pro- a bit a part of that. I feel is just how freaking good Taz has been on the mic recently. Oh, mate, Taz is so good on the mic. <laughs> Like this, I would dare say this is probably some of the great, greatest work he's mm. had in his career. Mm. And I mean, this he is coming helped. from the he same wasn't helped man. by the fact that like he didn't get an opportunity to properly work in WWE. Yeah, but like he's been he's been fantastic. Again, this is coming from the same guy that you know that was famous for having such such insipid commentary. <laughs> <laughs> it was really weird some of his commentary, but. <laughs> but, no, but, it, it it's been it's been fantastic between them. Um and then the only other one is because you mentioned the the infamous hacker storyline uh, <laughs> that never went anywhere. Uh there was a hack that went around of verified Twitter accounts uh, and a lot of WWE and AEW wrestlers were affected. Uh and so uh they weren't allowed to tweet, but they could retweet stuff. Um so a lot of people using alt accounts to do it. Now, here's one of the interesting things about this. NXT made an account called like at temp WWE NXT. Do you know what the AEW one was called? I think it was AEW, wasn't it? It was at AEW. (laughs) (laughs) So no one claimed it. (laughs) Wow, that's huh. So the what? only thing I can assume is that AEW had like a random zero zero blocked alt account that had at AEW. They just changed, <laughs> or literally no one had gone for at AEW <laughs> in all caps. That is insane. <laughs> it was it was really weird to follow. Yeah, yeah, like what are the odds of that? Damn. Genuinely would have thought some Indian wrestling fan would have taken that name or Twitter handle straight away. I, th- I, I genuinely have had no idea about it. It was really weird. 
Oh man! And thus, am I? Uh, shall, shall I? Shall I? Yeah, then? That, that concludes the news. That, that does indeed conclude the news. And before we get into the main portion of this week's uh, episode, we are going over to Reardon's recommendation corner. <gasps> he has yeah. a corner as well. Assuming <laughs> direct control, motherfuckers. <laughs> My right. own corner pending. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, today, like, we're recording this on a Saturday, and unfortunately, we heard some sad news that um, American congressman and civil rights activist John Lewis has died, passed away at the age of 80. Um, last year, he, it turned out that he um was getting treatment for cancer. We, d- I don't, I don't think we really know, but. It might be due to the cancer treatment, he, it didn't work out, or it might just due to old age because he passed away at 80. He was one of the big six of the civil rights movement. They, I believe, I'm, don't quote me on this, but I believe either one of, if not the youngest member, he did the, um, the basically the college age of all the civil rights activ- activism. He was in charge of that. Was getting getting his head kicked in at 23 years old doing it and a personal hero of mine um to to and to put it bluntly i was very sad and very angry sad because such a great man a, a true hero died and angry that it, it was he died knowing with that administration in power, <laughs> which really upset me. Just like after everything he did, that that's the way he goes. Mm. But we should all follow his example and all fight for what's right. And my recommendation is his autobiography, March, which is a collection of three books. But they are graphic novels. He was a big comic book fan. And they are utterly fantastic. You can buy them in one set. I've got them. I've got the set. It's three books. And it basically goes through, I believe, that entire period of like 60s up until the 70s of the civil rights period. It is truly fantastic. Highly, highly recommended. And the artwork is gorgeous it seriously is so that is the recommendation this week by march it's wonderful (laughs) and with that it is time for the main portion of this episode best worst promos Uh, this Um, one is a this one's a nice fun one for me because i didn't really have to do much research or scripting or structuring at all because it's basically (laughs) it just kind of exists (laughs) We're going to spend yeah. the next hour or so just laughing our heads off and most likely recreating some of these promos. So I am going to start with... Actually, have we had a Pokedex entry for promo? I believe we have. I believe we have, but a, a, a refresher course for those... <laughs> for, for, for the cheap seats, for the new people. Hello. <laughs> promo! Basically, a... Basically, a uh, um, monologue or soliloquy, if we're feeling fancy, mm, of a wrestler. Yes, I know, you know, the theatre. <laughs> <laughs> of basically a wrestler getting his motivations, his personality across to the lovely audience. They are great. 
extremely important and can easily go wrong. And you know what? Thinking about, we've had this on the books for ages, and now that we've come to it, I just have to point out that it's not easy. No, like, it, is, no. it is not easy. Like, like, public speaking in general isn't easy, even if you're trained for it, mm. let yeah, alone... It, it's, it, it's why we talk about like a wrestler being a good talker as a skill, because it really is. Yeah. Like, you're, like, Imagine training as long as you do, hard as you do, putting your body on the line, and then you suddenly have to okay, do a do a five minute public speaking, make sense, and get everything you want to know across. That mm. ain't easy. Even and even if it's scripted, that ain't easy because you know acting is a skill. Mm. So, yeah, it, it's kind of like what I say to people uh, from my own perspective as a person who goes out and sings. Um, the bit they don't tell you about, or most people don't tell you about, is the bit in between when you're singing, because you actually have to interact with the crowd. <laughs> yeah. You need to give them a reason to listen. Yeah. Mm. You've got to actually like work with your entire body. And, like, and some people are just not good at it. Some people are not trained to do it. I remember, like, so, um, traditionally, for, if, if you want a little background about me, um, I, do, I did acting in school, and I still consider myself an actor because I still do loads of stuff and blah, 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 blah. That's not important. But I never considered that there are some people out there who literally cannot act. I don't say that, like, to be mean. Hello, my name's that. Dan. I'm in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like... There are some people who just can't do it. And unfortunately, some of those people are wrestlers and it can be really, really painful to watch. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and and shall we start then? I'll start fairly tame then. And we have a great way to ease on to this one. One of mine, uh, one of my personal favourite bad promos is Bobby Lashley and Finley, the bath yes. promo. Yes. <laughs> okay, so... I just want to say with this one, there's no heat on, there's no real heat on Bobby Lashley here. It's just an unfortunate set of circumstances. <laughs> Unfortunately so. So this was actually, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this was Bobby Lashley's first big feud when he made the uh, main roster date, when he made uh, his jump to the main it, roster. It was, correct me if I'm was this when, was this WWE CW? This would have been shortly before. Uh, WWE CW actually. Um, okay, so he probably would have been on SmackDown then. Yes. Uh, so on SmackDown, Bobby Lashley comes out and uh, greets Finley and Little Bastard uh, before he turned into Hornswoggle. And of course, yep. he just oh, goes. Oh, yeah, he was called Little Bastard, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Really was. yeah, he was. <laughs> wow. He goes, my, my, you're, You say your name is Finley and you love to fight. Well, I say your name is Finley. And you're a bath turd. <laughs> it's just so un it's just so unfortunate because Bobby Lashley is one of those people where the voice does not fit the image. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, it's so ridiculous. I can see I don't like like you have this towering hulk of a man softly spoken voice. <laughs> it's like um yeah, and it's even like 
The only person that I can think of is um, who has that same problem is Mike Tyson. But... That's, that's literally the thing. Yeah, but the thing about Mike Tyson is that he uses his really soft-spoken voice very effectively. Well, because the, mm. the thing with it is that even though he's very softly spoken, he's very intense and like very a very quick talker, and like he'll try and define like everything that he can because yeah. like it. So, like with another promo that uh, is going to be mentioned later. <laughs> when even if you're saying stuff that sounds stupid, if you say it with conviction and enough meaning, people will believe it. AKA the rock principle. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> because I, I I mean we obviously know which what ones everyone else is gonna be saying, but um yeah. if you take something that's incredibly stupid but you say it with like enough meaning behind it, people are going to listen to it, and that's what happens with Mike Tyson. <laughs> Because there's yeah. some stuff that he said that is absolutely crazy. <laughs> but I hear it and I'm like, you know what? I'm still somewhat scared by it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just a shame that didn't work out very well for Lashley on this night on SmackDown. <laughs> you oh, can see God. the intensity trying to come out in his eyes. But it sounds just unconvincing. Line, it's just like, and there's Dave Finley in the middle of the ring going, what? How the fuck do I salvage this one now? Yeah, uh, I. you know what, I've just thought of mine, I've just thought of mine, uh, uh, well, I've got two, and I just, I have to, I have to mention it, <laughs> but I can't, but the worst one is that I can't say the word, I don't feel comfortable saying the word. Oh no. This, my favourite and yours, Booker T. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Oh, Wait, well, when you say when you say Booker T, do you mean we're going we're throwing right out the deep end now? We're going straight through into the deep end. I, I just want to know when you say Booker T, do you mean Booker T and John Paul Levesque, or do you mean Booker T and Stevie Ray? <laughs> I'm thinking uh, Booker T speaking to a one Hulk Hogan. Ah, okay, I understand. <laughs> we're right here. Oh god, we're right here Where, already. <laughs> I know. You know what? It just because it just popped into my head. I just have to do it. So this is the opposite problem to um <laughs> to Bobby Lashley where it's like you have a guy who's really good at doing promos and is so into what he's doing it that he makes a mistake <laughs> yeah <laughs> he is so intense in this promo and i just love the fact that the intensity just is it gets it is just gets, just goes it's too much for yeah. him it's my my favorite bit of this promo is nothing that he says it's the bit i'm trying to remember who the manager was with harlem he a uh, sensational uh, sherry Sensational Sherry. So the moment that he says it, he just turns and looks off camera and then just looks at Sherry and she's just like holding his arm, just being like, It's okay, child, it's okay. Yeah, yeah it's that. It's, it's, it's just the It is the look on Booker's face as he turns back to the camera and just rubbing it's his just hands he together. Reali he just realizes that he's fucked up. <laughs> yeah and it's just like it's an it's not even that uh it's not it's like the thing that makes it great is that there's not even a moment of realization like that bit of oh wait I, that came out wrong it was just the we're coming for you and he just does it and he's like damn he's, just <laughs> he's, like... Literally, he's literally just the moment of like regret he's just like oh, God. it's immediate uh, that's, <laughs> it's, it's, amazing. it's 
But show true thing. professionalism from Gene Oakland as well. Oh, to Gene Oakland like, just oh, He just goes and he just tries to move to Stevie Ray as fast as possible. And he does. Credit to Mean Gene. But it's just... It, it's one of those ones where that one, I think, counts as a really... As a seriously great bad promo. Because the promo is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> and then it hits that wall... <laughs> and then it just, it's just that, that one moment that just like derails everything <laughs> yeah so oh man i love that promo so much no i you, i don't i can't think of how many times i've either been on twitter or been in like wrestling group chats and that that's been sent at some point <laughs> <laughs> very 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 true dan uh, what well, your opening <clears throat> statement for best worst promo? <laughs> okay, so my opening one is going to be taking you on a a short little time warp <clears throat> back when NXT was a reality show, and not when it was WWE's foe indie promotion. <laughs> oh, I know where this is going. Uh, and so they used to have little competition segments. Oh, where no. uh, they would have the people on NXT do different challenges, which gave us such infamous moments as Titus O'Neil picking up a barrel and falling over immediately. Um, what setting, is that even falling over? Setting on, setting on a collision course for Titus World Slide, but... Um, uh, and such other great ones as, um, I believe, they had an obstacle course... Um, and things like I think one of them had a pose off yeah um, and various myriad other challenges but uh, one thing they had in those first uh, two seasons with male wrestlers they didn't actually do it for the third season with female wrestlers was they had what they called the promo challenge uh, and the promo challenge consisted of uh, the presenter uh, I believe it was originally Matt Stryker. There's yep. a blast from the past for you. Um, giving them a word that they had to do an entire 30-second promo around. Now, one of the problems was that the words they gave them were pretty random, and they had like 15 seconds to actually think of something. Uh, and, well, let's just say it ended up with pretty bad results. <laughs> um, there's the infamous... Oh god, I believe I, I can't remember they got Eli Cottonwood. Yes. The, uh, yeah. the mustache promo. Oh, that poor guy. Um the man got thrown to the wolves and uh the wolves were not kind. Um which was a mess and also disregarded the fact that two of the people on the show did in fact have a mustache. Um, the the problem with the promo thing is that like on paper, it's a good idea. I actually like the idea on paper, but the, the the major problem with it is that they're doing it live. Well, okay, like, it, here's my problem with it. Mm. When you're a wrestler, you're cut. You're normally cutting a promo on someone else. <laughs> yeah, you're not cutting a promo on the concept of a flower. <laughs> Which was uh, yeah, but... Justin Gabriel's subject. Oh, crumbs, yes, it See? was. 
See, that's where I have to disagree, Dan, as I have to go to our our friend, Mr. Randy Savage. <laughs> right? I know, I know it's unfair to do that. Yeah. But to be fair, considering that he did it with a cup of cream. That is true. Great... So I feel like like I just on top of the head you said flowers, like, oh I'm like a I'm like a beautiful rose who can do this and this and this. That's why I say it's not impossible. It's not a it... bad idea on paper. I'm See, just like just don't do it in front of everyone. Don't just do it in front of if if he had the opportunity, if he actually wanted to make sense, he could have gone with a flower and been like, Oh, I'm like a flower, I'm gonna grow and become like the shining flower of the company. He just started talking about like how the company itself is the ground, <laughs> and how he and he just went, "I am a flower." <laughs> it's just like okay, but there was if there's one person who we have to talk about in this, uh, I believe he was in the uh, the second series, mm-hmm. uh, most recently known as um, Curtis Axel, <laughs> uh, child of Mister Perfect, Kurt Hennig. Um, by the name Michael McGillicutty, which was an awful choice of name. Um, but he came up with it, so who do you blame? He there? came up with it, yeah. so uh, <laughs> if that didn't set off alarm bells. Um, and the infamous Genesis of McGillicutty promo. Oh, gully bully. <laughs> where he kind of seemed like he went off the rails <laughs> um, and just started saying variations of the phrase in this moment at this time uh, while not looking at the crowd at all looking with his head down from side to side with <laughs> the microphone going at this moment at this time in this place now here <laughs> is the genesis of McGillicutty <laughs> And everyone else around him just looks so confused. <laughs> What's perfect about that as well? It's just the way he says Genesis of McGillicuddy. He, he, he doesn't say it like that. He just goes, Genesis of McGillicuddy. <laughs> I'm like, how can you try to keep a straight face with the surname McGillicuddy? <laughs> That that is just one of the most inherently funny names I've heard in a while. Hence like, why now it's called the Gully Bully <laughs> promo. Yeah. Like there's just there's just so much to it. And like we said, like so much of it is just like acting or performing anyway. You know, you want to be open, you want to be interacting. But he's just like looking around and he it's like he's trying to be brooding and like dare I say edgy as I throw up air quotes <laughs> and he's like looking down and like looking to the sides like the genesis of McGillicuddy and I'm just like wow I don't care <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just such a weird promo to be fair you could basically throw in like any any promo from there like I said Eli Cottonwood it's, uh, yeah it's so weird that EC3... I have a mustache other He's... people have a mustache. None of these people here do. People in the crowd do. <laughs> it's so God. weird to think that EC3 came from that, and then suddenly he became one of the most charismatic men in, in wrestling. 
yeah, he was so weird on that series of LXT. You look at him now and you're like, you wouldn't think they're the same person. You think he got replaced by like a body double. <laughs> that uh, and the hair. Oh my oh, God, the hair the was hair. so trash. <laughs> oh, 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 wow. I feel like it's, I'll tell, tell you this much, right? Go back. If anyone wants to, just out of sheer curiosity, go back and watch EC3 in that series of NXT. It almost seems like it's the progenitor to Matt Riddle's stoner character. <laughs> Yeah, he was called he was called Tyler something. Derek Bateman, that was the name. Derek Bateman, Derek Bateman. Yeah, that's what? His... that's his name. That Derek Bateman. Derek Bateman. What? That was the name he competed under. I don't know if that's actually his name, but uh, but uh, no, I don't think so. But yeah, that was a weird one. Especially... Basically, when they did that challenge, like the only people that vaguely made it good were, uh, if you do, you remember Percy Watson? Oh, Percy Watson, yes, the guy with the uh, the red glasses. Yes, a good commentator on NXT. When good he was commentator, with, uh, it was and Percy Nigel. Watson, uh, Wade Barrett. Good old Wade. But Barrett. we all love Wade Barrett, and he's he's quality anyway. So fucking mm. quality, mate. Love that. Um, oh, God, Wade Barrett. I love you, mate. Um, You're listening to this. I love you. And then also, um, Titus O'Neil just about got away with it. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, like, those three were like about the only ones that just about made it work. Everyone else was pretty awful. And also, fun to say, that was where uh, Husky Harris, who became Brave Wyatt, debuted in WWE. Yep. Indeed. <laughs> It's amazing to see how far he came. Yeah, <laughs> God. As it for is. as for um, and as for Titus O'Neil, quick side, quick side track. I think that man might be the only wrestler that's actually, who actually is in his in my enjoyment of him is enhanced by how weird and botchy he could be. <sighs> the thing is, is that it's kind of become his brand at this point. I think my favorite thing with Titus O'Neil is just the split between Titus O'Neil the wrestler and Titus O'Neil the person. Mm. because like in one vein as a wrestler people like he botches all the time and he messes stuff up and he's not really that safe in the ring on the other hand possibly winning a humanitarian award yeah yeah <laughs> it's an interesting switch between the two <laughs> i'm kind of like i'm like yeah on one hand he botches a lot and does a lot of weird stuff all the time on the other hand, he botches a lot and needs a weird time and it's great. but the funny thing is does it somehow his botches make it better Exactly. That's the thing. Titus World Slide. <laughs> yeah, and also the um, and also his um fraternity aura is just the most ridiculous, <laughs> most ridiculous, dumbest thing. And yet, whenever he does it, I find myself doing it right along. All I'm with gonna, him. all I'm gonna say is, I remember in like WWE 2K14, if you did the taunt, it did the sound as well. So me and my mates just used to stick it on every single character. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna keep it tame for me in comparison. I'm gonna bring up possibly one of my favourite modern-ish promos. Good lucha thing with Kalisto. <laughs> so it's the SmackDown or it's the, the the WWE supplementary draft, and I remember they did this whole thing where they made it like a very ESPN Sports Center kind of presentation. And they've got, I can't remember who the guy was. I think it might have been Greg Hamilton uh, doing a promo, backstage promo with uh, Kalisto. 
Uh, he's yeah. been just been traded yeah. to SmackDown. He's talking about how he's going to beat up uh, Baron Corbin, and you can tell he's a bit wiry. He's a bit nervous. He doesn't know what to say, and he just goes, uh, uh, "I'm going to go into SmackDown to do the uh, the the good uh, good uh, lucha uh, lucha thing," and then he just jumps off frame and just goes, "Woo!" <laughs> there's so there's so much in that promo just because I I like when you said it and you mentioned like the draft and I just had it in my head and I was like oh I remember this. I love and, like, that uh, WWE haven't tried to ignore this as well because I think it was might have been a year ago they did an anniversary retrospective video on it <laughs> and they had uh, they were interviewing Corey Graves and he's there in like the sports centerish part of the whole thing and he hears it and i love the fact that they actually got and recorded the reactions of them and Corey graves just looks up looks at the camera and goes what did he just say <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just one of those moments where like he's just so stuttery and just like he's just it's just like why I call um word spaghetti yeah uh, so for for reference for those who don't know the term word spaghetti it's when you can't think of anything so you just start saying stuff that doesn't make any sense uh, the good lucha thing <laughs> I, I, on, honestly for me it's not even the good lucha thing it's just it's just a bit before that where it's just like yeah I'm gonna uh, be Baron Corbin and uh <laughs> Do that. And it's just like there's so much stuff in it. It's, I swear it's... to God that they once made a shirt with good lucha thing on it. Or someone might have done it outside, might have even been on pro wrestling tees. Someone did it have a good lucha thing like shirt. That. I but, think um... it's the I think it's the it's, it's the it's the piece out at the end <laughs> that, they, that really that actually makes that very endearing. Woo! Well the, the entire the entire thing is super endearing because it it very much has well it has the feeling of like a person who clearly wants to say something but doesn't know how to yeah yeah <laughs> poor guy <laughs> um and let's just let's just say it, it, this came at a time when vince was just kind of taking random luchadors from mexico and just being like yeah. you work for us now <laughs> just fucking kidnapping them in a fucking bag it's just like God damn it, it was the did. weirdest thing <clears throat> but we hey, need another ray. One, we need there, another there, ray. That's literally it. But if there's one yeah. thing that, that I'm I'm not gonna say it's directly responsible for it. <laughs> but despite having that promo, we did get that amazing Salida del Sol off a ladder. We did indeed. Which was one of the mm. hypest moments ever. <laughs> and it didn't oh, yeah. harm his career that much. I mean, he did become. No. I think he did become cruiserweight champion after that. If I if I remember. He did correctly. become cruiserweight. Uh, cruiserweight. Champion. I believe that was in that that promo was 2014. Hmm. So, I think he. I think he was that around the time he got his US title runs. I believe so. Yeah. So, hey, <laughs> we got a US title run, and woo! Kalisto's <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to be the new Ric Flair. <laughs> woo! <laughs> no, you have to say it with conviction. You have to some extra ooze on there, Kalisto. Extra you have ooze. To that shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, you don't, Reardon. Have you got another one? I'm going to be extremely smarky, and I just I have to do for Roman Reigns suffering Sakatash son because it's <clears throat> it's like the perfect storm of badness. Yeah, 
I think that's what makes it so fascinating to me. Can I can I put in a prefacing point for this? Uh, no, no, go ahead. It's an important contextual point here. Uh, Roman mm. Reigns' promos at this point were being written by Vince. Yeah. Oh, were they? Yeah. I didn't know that. I knew they were being written. I didn't know they were being written. They were by being written Vince. by Vince for him. Uh, and it blows my and that, mind. That, and that wasn't because Roman Reigns didn't want to do them. It was because like Vince wanted direct creative control. Yeah. I mean, up until the point of changing his eye color, because if you remember, yep. Roman had blue eyes. He actually has that. He's, he's brown eyed, but Vince saw that as a thing of, oh, brown eyes means he's heel. We got to give him blue eyes. So they made him wear blue contact lenses. Yep. You what? I yep. Don't he used that. to. He used to have to wear contact lenses. Yeah, you go back, Reardon, as uh, and anyone who doesn't remember that. Go back, look at, type in Roman Reigns' blue eyes, and then you and you realise, holy crap, he once had blue eyes. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I feel like mentioning that Vince was writing the promos for him is an important contextual point to the suffering yeah, of Katash promo. Oh, because that, that's very important. Because at this time, or actually no, during the Shield, I think Roman was actually quite a good boss man enforcer kind of thing he was very sharp well, really to the point well, and it, it's it's important to point out that basically when they went through in the whole dissolution of the shield thing basically roman's billing was one man shield yeah yeah so <laughs> he didn't exactly have much leeway <laughs> But it was just a shame. I mean, I think, yeah, you got to contextualise it as a thing of that. I don't blame Roman one bit for that thing. I blame Vince 100% for giving him that yeah. shocking Well, it, 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 does lean, it does lean into my point about um, <clears throat> how you say things. Absolutely. Because who the yeah. heck? Because how the heck I, were you going to Because sell? I will say, <laughs> there's basically no way you're ever going to sell that without sounding like a character from like an episode of the Looney Tunes from 1950. Exactly. And no yeah. amount of so, looking at the hard cam and blinking was going to get him out of that one as well. Like, it was going to be a tough sell. Unless <laughs> you went, like, full on rock or full on stone cold with it. Mm. But yeah. you're never going to get that with Roman Reigns. And remember, Steve Austin is guilty of this as well, remember? Oh, absolutely. Uh, do you remember the whole uh, when Brock said he was uh, he was the higher form of human species and then Stone Cold said human feces? And it's just like, Wah. but the thing is, there's socially the difference in time. The crowd went nuts for when he said human feces. <laughs> for suffering succotash, not so much. Yeah, well, for one thing, the 90s were weird. Yes. For another. <laughs> for, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 it's just one thing I want the sweet anyone to take away from the Sweet Chinwag podcast was that 90s wrestling, especially when you go back with flesh, with fresh, clear eyes. Oh, man, that was weird as hell, wasn't it? <laughs> Dear God. But, yeah, it is a perfect storm because it's like there's Vince writing it. It's Roman not quite being up to, like, just being on his own doing it. Hmm doing promos and there's just the fact that the crowd despised him to a level that it's gonna be a while i think that we see 
a crowd shit on an, a wrestler <laughs> than at, at height of Roman he- Reigns heat. Mm. No well, amount yeah. of thought I mean, was like ever going to save you, Roman, especially at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't. He wasn't escaping it. If anything, bringing in the rocket just made the heat worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, like it. It was just a. It was just a situation where basically he couldn't win. <laughs> no. uh, just absolutely couldn't win. But I do find just because of everything around it, I find it such a fascinating watch. Indeed. It is. Oh, it's 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 hilarious to watch. It's especially hilarious to watch now when like you look in reflection about now he has improved his promos. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. And he has improved a, a lot of stuff around his work in that regard. Mm. But um, there's also a lot of it that's just like, oh, yeah. And like I said, it just kind of leans into that whole like I. I'm not saying that The Rock would be able to get away with it. <laughs> mm. But like I said, if you say something with enough conviction and enough belief in energy, people will buy into it. Yeah. And when yeah. you're there and you say it like you like you say it like you're dying inside, which to be fair, if I saw that line I probably would be. Yeah. It doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a Truly difficult you know, thing. It's like, it's like what we say with um, movies. Like, the actor wasn't bad; it was the script, and people think yeah. like, "Oh, that's just a that's just a cop out." But when you see a bad script, you know there's not a lot you can do with oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. There is. N- I don't care. Yeah, I don't care if Roman Reigns was a Lawrence was was the Lawrence Olivier of promos. <laughs> there was no way he was getting out of that unscathed. <laughs> No, very, very, very true indeed. Dan, up next, your your uh, your next choice. Okay, so my next choice is going to be a controversial one <laughs> for a controversial figure. Um, um I'm just going to say this. This is no hit on the guy because he holds a very distinct place in wrestling history, especially amongst the WWE. But it's basically every single Ultimate Warrior promo. (laughs) (laughs) And it goes for one distinct reason. I can't understand what he's saying, so I don't feel like I can actually judge the promo on anything. And you know what? It brings back to the Roman Reigns things. If you say it with enough conviction, it'll get over. And that's what the Ultimate Warrior did. He said gibberish with enough conviction. All I can say is is that I don't understand at all what he was saying. And like I said before, he says words. There's definitely words string together. I don't know what they mean or what he's saying or what he's trying to achieve, but they're words. If if okay, so if if Kalisto suffered from um, word spaghetti, what would the ultimate warrior be? Brain, uh, brain fart. <laughs> no, I don't even what? know what. It's just like a word avalanche. Yeah, it's just. Like, because like Kalisto is is that he's just like saying stuff, and it doesn't really make much sense. But he's saying stuff. But the Ultra Warrior just keeps saying stuff. But I never understood it in the first place. Yeah, like I I know he's saying stuff, and like I say it, he's saying with so much energy and conviction, I can't help but buy into it because I'm like, 
hell, he is excited. He is, like, energetic and ready to go. I am sold. I don't know what about, but I'm there for it. <laughs> Absolutely. WrestleMania that 6 especially. Like, the build-up you... to the title versus title match. If you go back and watch those promos, go back and watch the WrestleMania 6 promo you made. You go, yeah, yeah. I'm buying into the stuff you're doing. Uh, can I have some of the stuff you're doing right now? <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I don't want that because I think it would actually kill me via overdose. But <laughs> it would open your third, fourth, and fifth eye. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't know if I want those eyes opened. If that's what it's doing to him, you know, <laughs> take up the rocket ship into the world. I, I'm like, hmm? what? <laughs> what? Hmm? <laughs> I mean, like, it's it's literally just that one, it's just that thing of, like, people are like, oh, promos are too formulaic. I give you the ultimate warrior. <laughs> yep. There is yeah. no formula. It's just saying words as loudly and aggressively as possible. And uh. snort louder than anything alive. Oh, and speaking of loud and aggressive, I'm so glad you said that, Dan, because uh, I want to talk... About probably one of the greatest internet memes that wrestling's ever had. It's John Zandig, and it's him screaming Jesus at the top of his arm. <laughs> now, look, I know a lot of lot of people and a casual audience probably not know, knows or probably has heard mentions of ZZW, but if you want to talk about it, it's basically one of one of the longest running indie companies and kind of was like the genesis or birth child of ECW or the ruins of ECW and is owned by of course John Zandig who is a madman an interesting person he's a very interesting person i just love the fact that this promo kind of kind of takes the elements of 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 good lucha thing with every ultimate warrior promo because it's just like <laughs> Zandig's so oh my God. fiery he's angry just so word spaghetti passionate that he just can't get out his anger so much i mean do you want me i mean for for, for the benefit of reardon here have you seen the whole promo may i ask you know what I think I've only gone up to there was I think three there were three of them I, I, I think uh, that's as far as I've gone alright and then do you want me shall I just for, for you and the audience here read you and reenact don't, the Zandig Sam, promo Sam, let me make something clear don't act like if I said no you weren't gonna do it anyway <laughs> don't <laughs> This is Steiner <laughs> math all over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't dispense with the pleasantries and get on with it. Okay. Man. This is Robbie Marino, CCW with Sandy. Oh my god, what the fuck just happened? What do you mean what happened? What are you blind? Jesus! There was five of them! It took five of them! Justice Pain! Huh? Hey Club! <laughs> I thought Hey Club's dead! Nick Cage! Nate Hagen! Who do you think you are? Nobody does this to Sandy! Nobody does this to the white beater. Sandig, white beater, Nick Mondo, we are the most ultraviolet force on the face of the earth. Um, uh, uh, you're gonna die. You are gonna die. I guarantee it. Takes a drink, throws the bottle down. I'm gonna kill you. I you this people... is just the greatest summary of CZW. <laughs> you people have not seen anything. This is just the start of fuck you, TV. I'm the ultraviolet icon. 
This is Bobby Marino. This is CZW, the most ultra-violent federation on the face of the earth. You just wait and see how far we're gonna go. I'm out of here. <laughs> clap, 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 clap. What do you unpack from this whole thing? Just, just, just Zad. What do I unpack? <laughs> what do you mean, what do I unpack? I unpack that he was probably on crack. <laughs> And you know that... what? I just what I love about this is that it's so bad, it's good. That's the thing about That's this. That's kind part. of the remit that we're working with in here. <laughs> yeah. Just because I mean, like, I'm gonna save it for a moment, but you said the words, so we're gonna get to it. But like, there's just it's just like he's just going crazy, and it's just like. An angry man has to speak as aggressively as possible for like five minutes. For the longest time, and there's one thing I want to add here. I honestly thought for the longest time Zandig was actually English. It's because of the way he says Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus! I can understand. I can understand why you think that, actually. <laughs> but no, like, this is nothing taken away from Zandig because I just. I freaking love Zandig so much. He's so nuts. It's like one of those things like with Nick Gage as well. It's like they're both so freaking nuts, but you can't help but freaking love them. Yeah. <laughs> no, it just, yeah. Not one of my favourites, but not my personal favourite. We're going to get to that soon enough. Oh my God, that's not... But I will tell you, I will tell you what we are going to get to. It's my personal favourite. Oh God. <laughs> You mentioned the word so bad it's good. There are many things which uh, hit that bound. Some would say Sonic 06. <laughs> those, those people are out of their minds, let me tell you that. The Room, directed by Tommy Wiseau. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> 2000's WCW. I swear Ooh. to God, bro, it was not an inside job. And then we get to the best, arguably for me, the best worst promo. In uh, it happened in WCW. Oh, no. uh, let's set the stage. <laughs> we have a confrontation between some of the biggest faces in WCW. People like Sid, uh, Davy Boy Smith, Sting, Ric Flair, um, Booker T. Um, and some other people as well. And uh, in the upcoming match, uh, the team led by Sting has got a new partner. One who is going to shock the world. <laughs> because he uh, is! <laughs> everyone looks surprised. A look of pure fear drops across Ric Flair's face. <laughs> Because he is the shock master. Flames burst up and a man bursts through a wall and falls over and the helmet comes <laughs> off his head. And from that moment, the, the greatest promo ever was born. Oh my god, the shock no, master. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dan. You did a disservice. Describe to the good public 
what that helmet looks like. Okay, alright, so... Okay, so let, let's preface this by saying they're on this weird set that looks like the interior of a house in like a 90, like an early 90s sitcom. If I remember rightly, this was Ric Flair's own like talking promo segment, very similar to Piper's Pit. Yeah. Kind of. I believe so. Anyway, it looked like the interior is like a 90s sitcom. <laughs> and yeah. literally, after... Sting is done to he's like, we've got a new team member, someone who's going to shock the world. He is the shock master. It literally cuts to like this pale yellow wall, <laughs> which which happens to have a set of pyro in front of it. <laughs> uh the pyro sets off, a man comes through the wall, immediately falls over, trying to walk through it. Uh because only part of the wall was breakable, because of course. Um <laughs> Uh, immediately stacks over and his helmet comes off. Now, I'm going to describe this man to you. <laughs> he is called the Shockmaster. Uh, he is, uh, proper name, Fred Ottman. Ah, Tugboat. Uh, <laughs> uh, also known as Tugboat um, in his WWE run. Uh, he is quite a large man. Um, and that is uh, kind of his thing. He, he was a big, old-school strongman kind of thing. He is wearing a weird, like, fabric-y animal fur vest with nothing underneath it. Just a regular pair of, like, pants, trousers, whatever. And a Stormtrooper helmet that's covered in glitter. <laughs> <laughs> a bedazzled Stormtrooper helmet. Which, may I remind you, in his one in-ring appearance, he didn't wear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and second of all, there's an important point to, to mention with this promo, which is that the man under the mask isn't actually speaking. <laughs> oh yes, if I remember right, it's, it's a man off-screen talking through a voice changer. <laughs> yes, if oh I remember rightly, God. it was Oli Anderson who was doing that. Yes. <laughs> Step into the ring with me, stud. <laughs> and I am the Shockmaster. <laughs> and it's basically like this phoned in voice. And it's important to mention here the person he's directly addressing is Sid. <laughs> now let's talk about Sid. <laughs> oh, let's talk about Sid. <laughs> uh, he is an interesting worker. Uh, as we mentioned. I don't know if we actually mentioned it. Did we mention the half the man, half the brain? <laughs> oh, no. No, we, d well, we, we did. We did off, off. I think we did off off um, recording. We'll do it again. We'll uh, do it again. But yeah, but purely like Sid is such an interesting guy. Uh, just because the man has been, has come up with such incredible gems as the, uh, as the, oh, we're alive, pal. Uh, <laughs> where he yep. floods up a lie where he goes, well, it's all the sept skeptic. Uh, let me try that again. Oh, no, we're alive, pal. <laughs> to the, why me? Why me? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, his grand magnum opus. Uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall are in the ring, and Kevin Nash is taking the mick out of Sid, wearing a Sid kind of caricature mask, and Sid goes to Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash, you know. That you're half the man that I am. But I, I have... At this point. <laughs> but I have half the brain, 
that you do. <laughs> yeah. So Sid, Sid is an interesting, interesting person in terms of performance and doing promos. He has a history. Uh, <laughs> and you have Sid talking to a, looking at this guy who's actually a voice off screen. <laughs> And he's just standing there in this fucking bedazzled Stormtrooper helmet, which makes no sense. <laughs> I have no idea why this character is somehow the Shockmaster by virtue of his outfit. <laughs> it, it looks like some. It looks like someone hit random on a fucking creator wrestler. <laughs> he looks like a random character you'd make in like Lego Star Wars. <laughs> Assigned him the yes. name that the announcer can... It's uh, such uh, a random distinction to say, but everyone who's played one of those games knows what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, and now, just so, obviously, think, everything... Is every Okay, you go, you go. I know, I think the best part of that, of course, and I know we've mentioned it on a previous episode, is you can hear Davy Boy Smith going, he fell on his ass. Okay, so this is what I was this is what I was gonna mention because the best bit about this is all the details to it. Yes, yes. Primarily being that Sid is the only one committed to keeping up the image here, which is amazing because it's Sid. Yep, he's purple face. Sid is the only one who is committed to keeping this being like keeping this thing going. Everyone else around him is dying. So Obviously, everyone's mics are live. So, my personal favourites are Davey Boy Swift and going, he's fallen flat on his ass." <laughs> he fell flat on his to, fucking ass. <laughs> uh, to the moment where Booker T and Sting, who were stood next to each other, literally just both put their hands up like towards their face and are just like shaking their heads. <laughs> but I have to mention my favourite detail. It's just Ric Flair just disappears. Yeah. <laughs> Ric Flair gets replaced by a cardboard cutout. Yes, I remember. He's just standing at the back. <laughs> if that was actually, if it, I have to say, if that was actually Ric Flair, then he stood impressively still. <laughs> and it's I have just to watch this again and find out. Like. Uh... It's it's just insane. It's there's just all these things, and you can pick up all these small bits from like the microphones. <sighs> just it's just like I'm I'm just pulling up the video now because I it's just. And we highly recommend you pull up the video as well, keen audience, yeah. me- audience members, because it's just yeah. you know you know what the best part is the best part about that is you it's so it's just a monument of what the fuckery that is so that just cannot be ignored so much that you could find it on the official WWE YouTube. Yep. Oh yeah, that. It, it is just like when people talk about like the moments where WCW messed up, that's definitely one of them. <laughs> up there with the Black Scorpion riding on a spaceship to Vince Russo becoming WCW champion. It's it's right up it's there. Just, it, it's literally just like it, it's it, it feels like a scene out of like 
a movie where like everything's just meant to get worse. <laughs> it's like if the Zucker brothers booked a wrestling show, basically. Literally. That is so <laughs> yeah. accurate. <laughs> oh man. So I guess reason you'll have to come up with your next choice and probably what 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 are your favourite personal uh, your your absolute favourite if you had to choose one. Worst promo. <clears throat> That is so, so difficult. <laughs> I considering like there's been for one thing there's been a lot, <laughs> but you know what I I I I'm gonna be boring. I will have to go back to the Booker T one. That is my honest to god. I I peaked <laughs> early, guys. I peaked early. I'm sorry, but <laughs> it's just every. I think it's because he's such. A great I think that one kind of puts into perspective that even if you're good at doing promos it only takes one moment and you <laughs> suck at it I think that's what kind of like let's make it clear like no one bats a thousand no oh yeah one. No, no one bats a thousand <laughs> even the rock who is basically the Shakespeare of promos <laughs> It has not batted a thousand. But mm. I think it's because of Booker T and just like how much he is so consistent that when he isn't, it's hilarious. Although maybe um that moment was the um the foreshadowing of his um <laughs> of his in ring commentating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that showed the potential of the kind of absolute nonsense. <laughs> God, I wish. God, I wished it counted. God, I wish it counted because if it did, my favorite um so bad it's good promo would be Booker T on an, the announcement table forever and ever. Just that. Yes. That's my favorite. That's my favorite promo. I'm counting them as promos. I don't even care. Booker T That's on the commentary. Best. There you go. On commentary is the best. So bad it's good promos. <laughs> you know what? In so that, now, in that agreement, I think we have to get to Sam. What is your best worst promo? Oh yeah. man! Right. So I want to actually before I get onto that, I do want to mention a couple that we haven't properly mentioned that do deserve so have a bit of spotlight. Yes. Yep. The right gay guy promo from Hulk Hogan. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, in the build-up to WrestleMania 19, he flubs his words and Hogan says to Vince McMahon, if you have the right gay guy at the right... Let me try that again. And let's be and let's remember that SmackDown was a pre-recorded show, so they could have done another tape, but, you know, how'd you do? <laughs> um, I want to mention as well, uh, even though they're not promos, uh, well, they weren't. Like, they weren't in the context of the shows, but they were in a video game. Yes, I am talking about fun with Ahmed Johnson. Juice yes, makes I sugar. Was, 
I was gonna be there and say I was debating whether or not to include them or just most of the promos from WWF Warzone. All, all I'm <laughs> saying I was, was just like to the person in Iguana and Acclaim who thought to add reverb to those guys' promos, especially to Ahmed Johnson's ones. What the hell were you thinking? I don't even think they added reverb. I just think they stuck them in an empty room. They just put them in like a warehouse and were just like, okay, this is the perfect acoustics. <laughs> um. Steiner Math, of course, has to get a mention, even though I we... don't even think Steiner Math qualifies as worst. No, I don't. I don't qualify Steiner Math. <laughs> I don't. I don't qualify Steiner Math because none of what he said was a mistake. True, but I know people are going to bring up as like, why did you bring thing, that up? I know. I know. But the only thing that qualifies as a mistake is 25% at best at beat me. But arguably, that makes it better to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't even qualify that as a mistake. I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I I imagine I imagine Scott Steiner with a fucking typewriter, good <laughs> glass of red glass of red wine in hand, and still wearing the chainmail. Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Hundred percent. Can, I, can I mention crazy. a thing about Steiner Math? I don't believe I mentioned in the TNA episode. Go on. Oh, go ahead. There's a fantastic moment in it where P.E. Williams starts counting, and like yes. after about five seconds, he just gives up. <laughs> no, no, I don't. He just I, starts flexing. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. That was fully preordained. Every little grammatical error, every word slip up. Nah, that wasn't a mistake. You can't make a mistake like that. Uh, I'm so sorry. I don't believe. I don't. I. I highly. I'm like no. That was entirely planned. I don't give a fuck. Okay. Talking about of a planned promo, then in the in the honourable mentions here of, of a planned promo that went absolutely wrong, and the proof that no one can bat a thousand. The snake. The snakeskin tie and lizard boots promo from the Undertaker. Because oh <laughs> good <laughs> God, this was nonsensical as fuck. <laughs> Was this the one where he just mentioned about leaving the big show in the desert? <laughs> yes. Carrying a Harley yeah, Davidson, he, he's back. Yeah, he was just like, he's going to go into the desert and then he's going to come back with a snakeskin tie and lizard boots. <laughs> like, Taker, we all love you. You are an absolute legend. Probably the biggest icon in this business, but god damn, man, what were you thinking? <laughs> and of course, the final mention for me um is uh is the world infamous jumping jeff farmer yep (laughs) i would i would replicate this one as well because i love doing it but i'm not going i'm going to save that one i'm going to save you from that one gents except (laughs) i'm only going to do this get in the ring with me this time i'm going full force (laughs) oh man Jumping Jeff Farmer. Oh, it's just—it's the... old territorial promos are like a gold mine. <laughs> oh, it's just, oh, just if you want to talk about a I... guy a deer in the headlights moment for any wrestler in a promo, just, mwah, just go to Jumping Jeff Farmer. <laughs> I remember so vividly when you showed me this. <laughs> just... I remember the pain you in your just... voice when I heard you watching. You just... You just dumped that shit on my lap like a cat dumps a dead bird on his owner's lap. <laughs> just, just. 
Oh. <laughs> I just... It's a, oh my god! All I can say, all I can say is that um, language was a mistake. Like, like, the concept of language was a mistake. We should all go back to just grunting at each other. <laughs> hey, isn't that like every average WWE promo nowadays? Actually, no. I'd be. That's Braun Strowman. Hey. Yay. <laughs> I just, I'm just thinking about it and I'm just cracking up because I'm like <laughs> <laughs> alright I'll give you a moment to compose Rina before I go to my to <laughs> my personal favourite <laughs> okay oh, hang on hang on oh alright I've, I've just got a big fucking shit eating grin on my face I'm just thinking about it oh, uh, please please go for it go so go, the go. One, so of course it had to be because i merely mentioned it in the introduction my ultimate favorite best worst promo is lex luger versus an nwa cyberspace t-shirt <laughs> just everything about luger if you know one thing about luger it's this not only does he sell moves very, very weirdly, like he just goes, ah, every time he gets hit with a punch. And it's very audible how much he goes, ah, oh, oh. But it's that he can't cut a promo to save his life. Um, he, he really can't. I mean, going from the whole kind of like playing guitar on his abs and the whole narcissus thing in WWF. Uh, two of the whole of him saying that he was being booed by the people of Glasgow, England. Um, oh, his grand, so the grand magnum opus is, of course, not being paid by Billy Watts' face for what is it called? Super Bowl <laughs> Saturday. <laughs> Can he afford to pay me to wrestle, Ron? I don't know! <laughs> Mate, now here's the thing I love about this promo, right? Eve's going the run in question is our truth. Believe it or yeah. not. <laughs> Fucking run killings. I also wanna mention the uh, the, the, the pimp interviewing Luger in this promo. Yeah, the dude in the pimp suit. <laughs> I cannot, for the life of me, I've never understood, and I'm I'm so glad Brian Zane brought it up in his video. What the fuck is that guy wearing a pimp outfit? <laughs> he looks like the love child of Steve Carino and Michael Hayes. Oh my god! god. <laughs> you know what? Slight sidebar, and I'll let you continue on, Sam, because it's your last one. I'm gonna I'm going to put my honourable mention of every single thing that our truth has ever said or will say. <laughs> yeah. Even to the Audi governor to Wade Barrett. Just. <laughs> I just. I. I. That's one of those ones where it's so goddamn offensive, it loops back right round to being so utterly distinct. Oh, yeah. Never say. Never say that our truth doesn't have a personality. I'll never say that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I just realized I forgot. I forgot my honorable mention one. Go on, I'll let you say it, Dad. My honourable mention one was um, the Brood on oh, uh, SmackDown. Yes. <laughs> it's with Edge going, and it's up to us to find it. <laughs> because you have two of the most charismatic people. I mean, before they became that incredible, uh, just doing I don't know what, and I Gangrel has the same kind of problem as. Uh, 
Bobby Lashley. <laughs> the voice yeah. does not fit the image at all. <laughs> it's a mess of a promo, and it just shows him as being so one-dimensional. Uh, I'm mm. glad you guys let, went off on the offshoot because I need to prepare myself for telling you the rest of this promo and how much it goes <laughs> downhill. So he's messed up. He doesn't. He he's been very disrespectful and not knowing the promoter's name. He doesn't know whether he's getting paid or not. So then he suddenly the the the, the 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 perfect moment, the absolute thing that takes this promo over to the edge. I'm one of the biggest legend stones of this guy. And to proceed to take his shirt off, but he can't quite get the back of it. He's not gimmicked his shirt to rip off perfectly, so he's got his he's got the neck stuck on his forehead, and he's trying to take it off. And you can hear in the huff muffled cries of Lex Luger going, "And your t-shirt, I don't take too, Billy. Look at me, I'm the total package. I'm gonna tear that bastard apart. I'm pissed now." Runs off. And then you just hear in the background, just it's before the, the best, end of that, the best bit of the entire promo. <laughs> he just hits the door and he goes, "And your door's locked too." <laughs> so much because it implies that he just tried to walk straight through the door. He didn't even <laughs> try and open it. Oh, and let this not be said that I don't like Lex Luger. Lex Luger was a great big man wrestler, but dear God, this promo was just the best thing ever. <laughs> It's so funny that they always used to try and sell Lex Luger as, like, the next Hulk Hogan. Oh, man. It is weird as hell. And I'm just like, I mean, like, as, as weird as Hulk Hogan's promos were, he could speak. <laughs> yeah, I will give Hulk Hogan that. He could form sentences. <laughs> uh, unlike Lex here, who just didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know whether he was going to get paid or not. He's one of the biggest laser stars of this he didn't even know where where or what for he was competing. Supercross <laughs> Saturday? He didn't know the guy who was paying him. <laughs> I just think it was the perfect storm of everything we ever knew about Luger as a promo guy and as a wrestler. Just wrapped up in this neat little package that apparently wasn't even part of the recording of this uh, NWA show. This was actually an, uh, uh, a retake or, or an outtake of that promo. But apparently... I thought you were going to say that this was like a retake that they did. And I was just like, yeah. wait, they chose this over something else? <laughs> apparently yeah, this I'm might have been like the third or fourth take. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Probably took him about seven. But uh, no, apparently he got so wound up in this one that uh, that he that, that he didn't want to do any more. <laughs> Hence why now it's now in esteemed internet wrestling history as one of my personal favourite bad promos ever. Oh, oh, and thus concludes that journey of one hell of a journey, I should say, of the best worst promos. Thoughts. Feelings. I my jaw hurts from laughing so much. <laughs> I want. I want to ask a question of you two. <laughs> what do you think makes a great bad promo? Oh, that's such a good. That's such a good question. That's such a good question. Um. Ah, oh, I think what makes a good bad promo is when I think it's a mixture of of the intensity of, of of the speaking not matching what's actually being said. 
I yeah. think that's what makes it funny. I think what makes them funny, a bad promo, is when they're trying so hard. Because like that's what a promo is meant to do, right? It's meant to psych up the crowd, get them pumped, get them ready. Well, yeah, it's, it's all about like getting it's about getting the fans either on your side or like building heat against the fans so that they support yeah. the they support the babyface. Yeah, mm. and you know, and that's and that's the job. And I think when you kind of like. It's a general... And you know what I think it is, actually? I think it's just generally funny to see these larger-than-life guys have such a human problem on such a big stage. Yep. (laughs) I think that's what makes it funny, because we've all done it. We've all had the moment of, shit, that came out horrifically wrong. (laughs) 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 And, 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 And seeing some guy who has muscles the size of your head, go, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Mm. Mm. Just <laughs> just dying. I think it's that. It just makes it so great for me mm. to watch. Mm. For me, like, my personal favourite ones that I always love watching is when you... I think what makes one so good as well is that when you see the guy fully right into it, he's going, you know giving this grand proclamation to the crowd and then he stumbles just once and then you see his brain in his mouth trying to fight with each other as they're trying <laughs> to bring back the promo but they're just stumbling even further yeah it, it, it really does bring bring home how much of human language is just a house of cards and all it takes is one oh. thing out of order and you just flock completely I've, I've said to so many people I know like you know I do a lot of talking in meetings for work. I do live stage performances. I do this. But, like, I have so many times where I just completely flub and just lose the ability to speak. Yeah. It's, like, ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, yeah. So... <laughs> I think that just about wraps it up because I feel like I need to rest my jaw. For about, <laughs> for about a week. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. So, continuing on from the theme of what we had with best worst promos, next week's episode is best botches. <laughs> and this gives me the excuse now to go through Matthew's entire back catalogue of Botchamania episodes. Uh... Botchkara! <laughs> oh, stop. Listen, me and you are going to have to fight. Two for that guy. <laughs> or we might have or we might have to tag team on that dude. Yeah. Tag, I think that's it. I think that's it. You know what? Dan, we're tag teaming. <laughs> the mega powers unite. For Sinkara. Yes. <laughs> oh Lord. Oh Lord, this... I have to go. I have to go. I just bought a oh my god. <laughs> I guess on that note. It's time to end and wrap up this week's episode. Again, thanks so much, ladies and gentlemen. And thank you guys for joining in as ever. I've been Sam. And until next time, this has been the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. Oh, yeah, this has also been reading this down as well. Bye. Hey, don't forget Bye. us. <laughs> don't forget us. We make this. We come for you, Sam. <laughs>